Mr. C. Will Holler. This is your boy Rob, a.k.a. The Art of Bass. I want to thank you, man, for allowing me to share your platform with you. Uh, being on the In My Mind, Everybody Knows Chris podcast was truly a blessing, um, and I want to thank you for that. I also want to let your listeners know that I will be attending the Comfy Art Design and Muse event um, February 28th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. That will be held at the Future Gallery, 1692 Thorn Avenue, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, to purchase tickets, they can go to my Instagram page, the underscore art of base, and base is B-A-S-E. And in the link, you can click the Eventbrite to purchase tickets. Also, if they don't have Instagram, they have Facebook. You can go to the collection by Robert Williams III. The link is also in my uh, bio. But again, brother, thank you and much success for you in the future. I love you. Peace. Previously on In My Mind, Everybody Knows Chris. If you know me and you know I'm from Sanford, you know one of my best friends. A guy by the name of Corey Curtis, a.k.a. Wise Man. And we were sitting out on the porch because that's what we do in Sanford. We sit on each other's porch and we talk. Real Southern hospitality. Corey shared a great story with me. He was talking about a situation that he had just had with a girl that he was seeing. And the moral of this story is, you got to grow love, not just show love. And I know Valentine's Day is quickly approaching. I believe it's Thursday, February 14th. And there's going to be this big display of everybody showing love. You know, people always say that all the time. Show me love. Show me some love. But who's out here growing love? Message. What up, brother? What's going on, man? Just hitting you up, man. Tell you, man. Congratulations, man. I was proud to see all your art in that place like that, man. I hope y'all had a great night, man. Keep going with that, man. This shit look great in them pictures, man. They need to see more of it, brother. Keep doing that. I hope y'all had a great night. Hope people bought it, but that's the wave, man. Your shit look dope. Just hollering at you to say that, man. Congrats. All right, peace. It's your boy, C. Will Holler, a.k.a. The Father, a.k.a. The Professional Conversationalist, a.k.a. The Hardest Working Man in Podcasting. And you are now listening to In My Mind, Everybody Knows Chris. Enjoy.
It's your boy C. Will Holler, a.k.a. The Podfather, a.k.a. The Professional Conversationalist, a.k.a. The Hardest Working Man in Podcasting. And when I tell y'all I'm out here working hard, I'm out here grinding. But nothing brings me a greater joy and a, a huge pleasure than sharing my platform with my friends. So this particular podcast is extremely special to me because this guy, I mean, we go way back like throwbacks. This dude has known me for well over a great portion of my life, well over 30 years. My boy, Robert Williams, a.k.a. Rob Bass, a.k.a. The Otter Bass, is an extremely talented artist. And like I said, nothing brought me greater joy than to share my platform with my friends. As they say, your gifts make room for you and put you in the presence of great men and women. And my gifts truly have made room for me and put me in the presence of some great people. So please press play, tune in, listen, pick up the jewels that we drop in this particular podcast. Enjoy. It's your boy, C. Will Holler, a.k.a. The Podfather, a.k.a. The Professional Conversationalist, a.k.a. The Hardest Working Man in Podcasting. And for this version of Bet On Yourself, I have a very special guest in the house with us this evening. None other than my boy, my ace, my friend, my brother from another mother, Mr. Robert Williams, a.k.a. Rob Bass, a.k.a. The Art of Bass. How you doing this evening, man? I'm good, brother. What's going on? Chilling, 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 man. Listen, you out here painting the town for real. <laughs> I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to get it. Nah, you got it, brother. You got it. You got it, man. Listen, uh, it, it, it brings me great pleasure to have you on the podcast, and I'll tell you why. As an artist, I'm sure you can appreciate sharing your art with the world, so nothing brings me uh, greater joy than to share my platform with my friends, people I actually right. know and pe- people I actually care about. So to have you on this podcast, bro, it's, it's super special, man. Man, it, I, I tell you every day that I, that I appreciate your podcast, man. Like I already told you, I'm super nervous, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I was looking forward to to doing this with you today. I mean, I, I, I call you every day. You, I tell you every day that you're my big brother. So, man, That's look, right. why not share this experience with my big brother? Get on there and 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 talk about the things that motivate me, and you know, just be on the dope podcast that you got, man. So, I'm proud of you. Hey, listen, man. Those words, because we about to get into that in a second. I know you were very nervous about the word association uh, <laughs> piece of the podcast, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that, what you just said. No, man, listen, um, we can sit here and gush over each other all day, but Iron Sharpens Iron Man, and I tell you that all the time as a friend, as a brother, um, you're just as important to me as, as you say I am to you. And to have you, you know, living here in Atlanta and we can get up and, and go get a drink and stuff like that. Listen, that's very special to me. But um, we're here to talk about this art. 
And when you talk about how my podcast inspired you to see that someone that I know that I grew up with get into this thing and like really just crack it open, man. Every time I look at your stuff, I, I mean, I pretty much talk to anybody and everybody about what you got going on in the art world. And you do have a an event coming up uh, next week. And we'll talk a little bit about that a little late, later on. But um, yeah, man, you ready to get into this word association real quick? Let's uh let's get into it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and no need to be nervous, man. Just give your best answer. Your best answer. Not my answer, do. but your best answer. <laughs> right. Right off the top of the head. Right off the top of the head. <laughs> Family. Um a strong bond. Um that like I, I I'd use the example that me and you have that you're you're family to me, just like my family back home. You know, mm -hmm. just someone those that I can go to and they have my back they're they're supportive they're pushing me um that's what i would put with family um you know just just those that are always there to motivate you and move you in the direction where they see that you you need to go and um yeah that's what that would use i would use a strong bond no i like that i like that that's i mean to me, that was a powerful statement. And I like the way you were able to just string those words along after you made a decision on how you were going to respond to that question. So no, that's good stuff. And and, and keep that same energy when you're going through the rest of these words, because I, I believe you have the same types of thoughts mm -hmm. behind the rest of these words. And my next word would be friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, friend. Those that are your support system um someone you can call like three o'clock in the morning and hey i need to get something off my chest um or hey i'm broke down i need you to come you know pick me up um that's that's what i would put with friend um i mean but it, to me friend it goes a little to me i guess it goes a little bit um deeper mm -hmm. um because I look at the friendship that I have with yourself and, you know, um, and I apologize to the listeners because there's going to be a lot of code <laughs> that we're going to use going on, people with nicknames and things like that. So <laughs> please bear with us. Um, just, I mean, this friendship I have with you, Dante, uh, Meatball, um, I mean, that's not only, that's more than just a friendship. That's like, that's a brotherhood. Um, and so, it's funny that you say that because that's my next word. So we can jump right into that. <laughs> that's that. That's that bond, man. It's just. It's like the. It's like those that go into the army. You mm -hmm. know, it's that band of brothers, mm -hmm. and they stick together through thick and thin. They have each other's back no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I think our group has that uh, from one started off as friends to moving into being being brothers with each other to now we're we're family with each other like. It, it's it's just that common bond that we all have no absolutely i would definitely agree with that and i think when we go through the family bonds and family ties friendships and brotherhood there's another word that came top of mind for me and i wanted to ask you i thought about this and i think it's a parallel to how this can coincide with your overall artwork and it's the word freedom being able to do what you want to do being able to come up with whatever for me it's being able to come up with whatever i want to do 
mm-hmm. I have the the freedom to um, be creative the way that I want to be creative, and not being conformed into a box. Okay, uh, you know I'm, I'm outside of this box. I'm not. It's like when I went to when I went to the International Academy of Technology and Design for Art, um, and the teachers were you know telling me, oh, you need to do you need to shade this way or, or, or draw this way in my head. Why I'm, I'm thinking, why do, why am I listening to you? Tell me how to do my own art. I'm free <laughs> to do my own art the way that I want to do my art. So I'm not in your box. So freedom for me is just thinking out of the box, being able to be your own person and doing what comes natural, natural to you. Okay. Awesome. Expression. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, expression. Just that feel. Um, I'm going to have to circle back to you on that one. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, I might have to circle back to you on that one because I have something in my head. I just can't get it, get it out. But I'm going to have to circle back to you on that one. Creativity. Uh, creativity. Just coming up with something out, out the again, going back to what I said for freedom, just coming up with something out of the box, being able to um, take something from your mind and being able to put it either on paper or on a canvas, mm-hmm. um, creating something that somebody's never seen mm-hmm. um, will be my will be my word for creativity. I like that. Joy. Being around those that 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 you love, that's just joy for me. OK. Wow, man! Listen, I like that pain. Like sunshine, there's rain. We do a raw base. Hey, <laughs> you picking up what I'm putting down? You know, I'm picking it up. Pain is that struggle, that um, that hurt that you you know that that we all would go through from time to time, and um, through that hurt does come that joy. Um, but we have to get through that hurt, at, you know, through certain periods of our life in order to get to the joy and, and to get to the things that we love to do. We have to experience a little bit of pain. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pain is just it's just that everyday struggle that we all have, man. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Art. A blank canvas. Um, mm. The the. Everything to me is art. I can go outside I, I, and and look at a leaf uh, on the ground, and that's art to me. Just the way that the colors blend together, um, a person's uh, a woman's makeup, uh, the way they rock certain things—that's art to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't have one sp- specific definition for art, but just the things around you can be art. Absolutely. To me, art can be anything. That you make that you that you make it. Yeah, I, to me the the definition and definition I haven't looked mm-hmm. this up or anything, but the definition of art to me is the ability to 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 draw inspiration mm-hmm. from something or anything. To your point, looking at a woman's makeup, looking at the way she wear her clothes, looking at a sports team, a way an athlete may perform a sport, 
the way a person may paint on a canvas. To me, if I can draw inspiration from those things, if I can listen to a song and I can pull inspiration from that song, from the words of that song or the melody of that song, then to me, that's art. Right. My last word, life. Uh, life, I'm going to say... Looking at, can I say looking at my daughter? You can say looking at anything. Looking you want, at my baby. daughter is life. There you go. I like that. Looking at my daughter is life. Okay. Um, okay. Every day when I wake up, like she has a different face. <laughs> 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 but the joy that she has every morning that I look at her—that's mm. that's life. That's okay. life. That's that's life, and that's so. Yeah, no, I like that. And, and and the reason why I use these specific words, um, to be honest with you, uh, these are words that I have associated in my head with you. That's mm -hmm. how I play the word association game. And, and I know we were talking a little bit about this earlier, you know, right. before we jumped on the podcast. I never really tell people. I don't tell people the words that I'm going to throw at them, but I like to see how those words are associated with their lives, but these are the words that I associate with you all when I'm giving you these words. So mm -hmm. when I think of you, I think of family, I think of friend, I think of freedom, I think of expression, I think of creativity, I think of joy, pain, art, and life. And of course, you know, yes, Rob, bass, joy, pain, <laughs> <laughs> with sunshine comes rain, absolutely. But there's another quote that I like that I've said this before because it, it was very poignant to me. It talked about how Music it is what happens between the notes. To me, art is what happens between joy and pain. Right. So to, to that point of that, that creative flow that one must have to get through both joy and pain, because you need them both to create art. Right. You right. know, th there's a quote that you, that's not directly mine, but you attributed it to me for thank. So thank you for that. But I said, from great pain comes great art. And, and you posted something about that. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you hit it. You hit the nail right on the head. I mean, with with that pain, that's that's actually how I create. Because um, majority of the time, I'm either going through something or someone's going through something, and mm -hmm. it's, and I'm 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 a part of it, and it helps me get in that creative mode. Um, so out of that pain, or or out of that struggle or whatever I may be going through, it helps me to create something beautiful on that canvas. Yeah. Um, to me, it just may be, hey, I just threw something on the canvas board and called it a day after what I was going through. But it touched somebody else that may be feeling the same thing or maybe going through something, else, you know, themselves. Yeah. So, yeah, you, those two go hand in hand. Absolutely. So on this part, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about home. And this is definitely where you have carte blanche, free reign to tell any story, any quote, <laughs> quip, quote. Any anecdotal like information about myself, because I think, you know, that's the Wait, one thing. Go, go I don't ahead. think we can tell just any story. OK, no, nah, we can't tell. Any <laughs> we can't tell <laughs> facts. <laughs> but I want you to be able to be free enough and feel free enough to 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 share yourself with the listeners out there, because to me, um, that's how you kind of give your art a little bit more depth, because you're taking the, the, the viewers and the listeners out there along on this journey with you. So they can share in some of that kind of create, and honestly, from an artist to an artist, it helps people to learn how to create, to tap into their creative forces. 
Thanks. So let's talk about a little place called home, a little place called Sanford, AKA Bokeh, Florida. And from our neighborhood, because people really don't know that you and I have been friends for over 30 years. Right. Because we literally grew up around the corner from from each other. <laughs> I think like what, five, six houses down from each other, something like that from your house to my house. Yeah. I, honestly, if you, if you count, if you count the houses along the, uh, along the cor corner there, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you are what, 146 Carver Avenue, right? That's no, 130, 135 Carver Avenue. Oh, no, so you want, who's 146? Who's 146? That might be that, going, going around towards my aunt's house. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. That's going around the corner. Because I'm 144 Academy Avenue, you 135 Carver Avenue. Do you remember your first phone number? Oh, I remember like the back of my head. That, that <laughs> would be where we had to... <laughs> No, we're not gonna oh, put that out. Man, let's let's not get into that. But I remember we had <laughs> how, how we used to say all the rhymes to remember each other's phone yes, number. We had a rhyme to remember each other's <laughs> phone number because we didn't. There was no like, there were no cell phones and nothing yeah, like we, that. And we day. didn't have black books and roller decks and like <laughs> no, that. none of that. So the only way we could remember each other's <laughs> phone number was by a rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I should have put for word association? What? W-A-C-O-M-B. Wacom. Boy, stop. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> Look, where did, where, where did Wacom, tell, where did Wacom come from? I believe it was, uh, we were talking about, you tell me, because I, I, I want to say somebody was getting into a fight and they were like, man, when he hit him in that face, but all I heard was Wacom. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was around. I think we were around Hamilton and Harrison House. Okay. And um, uh, well, we what, I, somebody was in a fight, and they did. They used the word Wacom, and then we turned it into W A C O M B. Like we turned it into <laughs> a song. We did. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe it came from uh, from Hamilton to Harrison, around there, around the corner. Yeah, nah. I believe that's where it came from. Those were the days, man. Growing up in the '90s, those were the best times. Absolutely. Talk to me a little bit about those times. Um, just from like in, growing up in the neighborhood in the '90s, or just the yeah, '90s. Period. All of that. Oh man, that um, that '90s, that was the the best era to me. Um, I think during that time, that's kind of when I was I was that what middle school. Middle yeah, school, getting yeah. in the middle school, mm -hmm. getting in the middle school. Um, that's where I first met um, Ramsey, Mike Ramsey, shout out Mike Ramsey, Ramsey, shout out to Mike, um, aka, AKA the Golden Fleece, the Golden Fleece. I love the Golden that. Fleece. I love that IG handle, yo. <laughs> um, that's where I, I ran into you know, I met him in the 90s. Um, middle school, Greenwood we were on the basketball Lakes. team, Greenwood, yeah, Greenwood Lakes. We we're on the basketball team together. And it's, it's this little scrawny kid, man. Uh, <laughs> we were on the basketball team together. And from there, you know, just from hanging out, he introduced me to, you know, hip hop. Because, um, I mean, for us, it wasn't really, we were just, what, Jam Pony Express? Yeah, we were Jam Pony Express, Too Short. Too Short. Ice um, Cube. Uh, A-Ball, MJG. But that was uh, but no, that, that, that was later. No, that, wasn't, that was that later. Was, that was later. I would say yeah. for us in that era, definitely Jam Pony. Um, Two Live Crew. I was about to say definitely Uncle Luke. 
Um, and I'm trying to think of some local talent, but see, people people growing up in Florida at that time really didn't have the homegrown talent. We we didn't have Trick Daddy yet. We didn't have Rick Ross, obviously, mm-hmm. um, or other people coming out of out of Florida. But I mean, we did have two live crew, which mm-hmm. at that point in time, a lot of parents were weren't allowing their you know preteen teenage kids listening to Uncle Luke. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I know my grandfather wasn't having it. <laughs> Man, my, my parents were not having listening to Two Live Crew in the house. Me, me so horny. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, uh, there was no way that I could play any of that music in the house. Um, I had to have my headphones on at all times and if I was going to listen to that. But even if I was going to listen to that, they had to get me the the album so if it can't get past them yeah i wasn't gonna get it so but um getting back to what you were saying about the 90s like to me like i said in the 90s was the best era um it was the the era where you felt free yeah um you were carefree at that time um it was it was it was easy living everybody had fun we were outside playing yep we weren't in the house i mean we played video games but we weren't in the house stuck playing these video games Facts. we were outside having fun with each other um and i just remember the neighborhood in the 90s was like yes it was, it was a community dope. it was yes. a community it was like a community it literally took you and, and again I, and i do this now right when we go home together and i'm at my grandmother's house and you're at your mother's house and i walk to your house i reimagine those steps and i, I remember too. That walk, it, it's literally a five or six minute walk today. But I remember that walk used to take about 20 minutes. Forever. <laughs> it took forever. And I'm realizing why it took forever. Because along that pathway, along that trek, you would stop and talk to people. Mm-hmm. And we don't stop and talk to each other anymore. Like I would stop stop by the Pritchard's house and talk to Kent and E.T. Jr. if he's there. Mm-hmm. Definitely stop by Corey's house and try to pick him up on the way to your house and see if he's there, if he's not already down at your house. Right. S- stop by the Murthys, holler at them real quick. You know, I think this is the time where Joe and James were still living in the neighborhood, the Youngs. Yeah. So you remember each and every family along the way that you could call the houses out. Like we were, had our own little Game of Thrones type of community right. in the neighborhood because you had all of these great houses. You had the Murthys, you had the Pritchards. You know, you had the Curtises, you had the Bradshaws, you had the Williams family, mm-hmm. um, you had the Young family, and you had the Barnes family on the corner there. Yeah, you the McCrays. You had the McCrays, you had the Dixons, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, it, 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 it was a great time. So talk, you had the Mitchells. So talk to me a little bit about the neighborhood, that community, and what that meant to you. Um, That, that. That neighborhood, and the, I mean, and the, the community in the neighborhood meant a lot to me. Like it helped me grow up, um, mm. just from the people I was around in that neighborhood. It, it, it helped me grow, and it helped me see things that I that one things that I didn't want to get into, facts, and then things that I did want to get into. Um, just the the because and I and I see it every when we go home for say like for easter and you know when we have the block party mm-hmm. and we see how everybody just everybody comes out but how travis puts it together shout out to travis man ac shout out one to real travis ac one real like he he this this that young man dude is 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 a genius like the way he puts things together he brings the community together from his generation keeping that community strong 
Facts. It is is big. So I commend him for that. Yeah, I actually had some time to spend with him. I spent some time with him the last time I was home just a couple weekends ago. And I really stopped down to talk to him about that, just the, with the organic way that he created the AC1, uh, the AC1 Real movement and the way mm-hmm. he was able to, like you said, bring his generation and connect back to its roots, to our generations mm-hmm. and generations that precede us. And the way that that's that, because... You know, it reminds me of that one song, Let's Start Love Over, back to the way mm-hmm. things were. Like that, when I see those moments on IG and Facebook, and, and I definitely need to make make it to one of those events, just to be a part of that, because I can feel the energy, you know, through the social channels. But I, because I, I remember that energy. I remember when we were growing up and the, the block parties and the parties in the park and the Easter mm-hmm. egg hunts and stuff like that. And, you know, back when we were a unified family, to your point. Right. And I remember when we used to have the the East Day hunt was in the park. Yeah. I couldn't go in the park. Like I couldn't go in the park during the time I was I was coming up until I got older. Um and my my little section was just um one thirty five Carver Avenue and the Dixons across the street <laughs> and Harrison the Hamilton around the corner. It was just like that was yeah. that was it until I needed to, you know, we, we started getting our hair cut and then yeah. That's when I started to venture around the corner to go to Dexter House. And then I remember passing your house. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, a lot of people over here. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen this side. Yeah. Um, but the community in that neighborhood was very strong. Yes. Um, during the holidays, it was big. Just even on any any other day. Yeah. It was it was it was it was big. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it, it helped me grow up. It helped me see a lot of things. Yeah, and shout out to, to shout out to our homies. Like I got, I got to give a special shout out to our homeboy Dante Johnson, Marcus Johnson, yeah. um, Dexter Graham, Jason Graham, Alicia Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace to my homie Jeff Sims. Rest in peace yep. to my homie Stanley Bryant, aka Et Junior. You know, it's just some great ones, some real ones, some people that, like you said, helped shape who we are today. Um, to bonds that we developed at such an early age that will take to us. You know take with us for the rest of our lives man like i i one one thing that i kind of you know am not envious of the youth um in regards to they don't have that sense of purpose and family and community like we have and to your right. point like you could walk around and just hang out at each and every individual's houses i remember hanging out at your house i remember hanging out at dante's house i remember hanging out at the davis's house you know my extended family with with through tunk and nisha and terica right um, you know just being able to just like you said have fun at any given moment mm-hmm. yeah yeah those were the those were the best times man i mean we played uh pick up football in the street then you you know play uh, football and basketball in the in in the park uh i remember we used to uh i don't know if you remember remember me me and dante ambushed you yes water balloons (laughs) yeah i i I didn't think we was gonna be cool after that bro (laughs) i remember that i'm walking around and something just didn't seem right you know the bushes was moving in a way that i ain't never seen the bushes move So, Neither made you know that something was coming. Yeah, man. Like my spidey sense was tingling, man. I knew something was awry. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's good stuff. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, our upbringing, our childhood, but also like that community at school, because I, you and I both went to Idlewild Elementary. Um, is that where you got your beginning with art? Like where did, where, where did you first realize art was a true love and passion for you? 
I'm, I believe that is where it actually started. Um, I remember my mom tells the story all the time, um, being in school and I drew, I, I can't remember what she said that I drew, but I drew this, this picture and the teacher didn't think that I drew it. Yeah. He thought that I traced it or somebody else drew it for me. I, I didn't do this. Ms. Williams, your son did not do this work. Mm -hmm. So she made me draw it again right there in front of him. Mm -hmm. But when I drew it again right there in front of him, it was 10 times better. So how can you say that I didn't do this? But I think that's where my progression of art came from. Um, I do have someone in my family or had someone in my family that was, um, she was, she was uh, into art as well. Mm -hmm. um, she lived in West Palm. I didn't know her, you know, growing up like that. I knew of the name, but mm -hmm. I never, I was never around. I didn't know of her until I got older and my parents would, would my mom would tell me because it was on my mother's side. She would tell me how um, she would, you know, she would draw a lot. So from elementary and then um, watching, I remember Bobby's World. Yeah, I remember that show. And Bobby's World and looking at the Calvin and Hobbes comic strips in the newspaper. That's what led me into art. Um, and then, you know, looking at stuff in the magazines and, and things like that growing up. So that elementary going into middle school yeah. got me into art. I remember the first time that I saw some of your artwork that was mind blowing to me. Mm. And I definitely want you to talk about a little bit of your entrepreneurial spirit that you had back in the day. <laughs> and this is very popular in the 90s, right? For people to take their clothing and have an artist, you know, use their clothing, use their shirts and jeans and sneakers and, and, and jackets as the canvas so they could have this creative expression displayed on, on full display uh, on their person. Talk mm -hmm. to me about how you decided or, or what led you to, you know, putting your art on people's clothing. Um, I, I think I was watching, um, I think it was like Yo! TV Raps or something back then. Mm -hmm. And and people had stuff airbrushed on their pants and on their shirts and, mm -hmm. and things like that. And then of course the neighborhood started picking up on it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I was the first one to rock something or somebody came to me with the idea and I put it on their clothes. And then next thing you know, everybody in the neighborhood <laughs> was bringing me their clothes. Like my mom was at the door taking the clothes and taking the money at the same time. So my mother controlled the operation. <laughs> She controlled the whole thing. Shout like, what do you want? Shout out to Mom Dukes, aka yes. Miss Sheila. Miss Sheila, <laughs> she uh, she had the pad. She would write it down, and she'll bring it back in the room. Okay, look, they want such and such on the pants. They want this on the side. Um, but it was it was it was fun. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. Um, I made sure I had you know ample amount of markers to do this, and and it, it was it was cool to see people bring me there their 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 clothes mm -hmm. with the trust that i was gonna put some dope work on their outfits facts and for them to rock it and know that for them to rock it and display it around other people mm -hmm. that was pretty big i guess that's when i knew i had something that was going to take me further okay in my, you know in my in my in my growing up 
I like that. Because then, go ahead. No, I was gonna. Say, well, that comes later. That comes later. No, say it. Speak your mind. So I was gonna say. You remember how? Remember when I was doing the sneakers? Also. Yep. Um, but that was later down the line when I got into customizing the the Nikes, the Air Force Ones. Yeah. Um, but my first start, to your point, was you know designing clothes or putting a black Bart Simpson or fresh on the pants. So you know I was about saying? to ask you, like, what when you did that? What was your what was one piece of work that you did, a body of work that you did, and you said like that's it, like that this is like you could step back and appreciate how good it was. I think it was. I think it was an outfit that I did for either was it Keisha Johnson? I did something for. I, I believe it was Keisha Johnson, Dante's uh, big sister. And I did. I believe it was like Black Bart Simpson, and uh, going back to like either Fresh or Yo or something on the pants. But after I finished it and I looked at it, I was like, "This is it." This is this is dope. Yeah. And the way she put it together and how everybody else was 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 feeling it, that's when I knew. Yeah. I remember that's that Black I mean. Bart Simpson. <laughs> everybody wanted that Black Bart Simpson. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't know what what I, I'm assuming that he was predicted to or you know, promoted to be a white character, or whatever, but right. everybody in their mind saw Bart Simpson as as this young juvenile delinquent who who happened to be black. Mm-hmm. In our minds, which I always thought was hilarious, Black Bart Simpson, because mm-hmm. he wouldn't have the spiked hair; he would have had like cornrows or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, like you said, because to me, uh, to your point, I think when I think of the '90s, I do think of Black creative expression. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, the '90s represented like this new age or avant-garde Black Renaissance of that time. You know, clearly we're you know 30 years, 20 years past that. Um, but to me, I remember like, you know, the 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 music that was coming out in the 90s, uh, the television shows that we watched in the 90s. To your point, um, rap, you know, had taken on a new persona. You know, it was the introduction to gangster rap and right. stuff like that. And I just remember coming around to your house to watch uh, your MTV raps and BET, The Basement and stuff like that. Like, I remember those moments and because honestly... You're the person who introduced hip hop to me. You know, right. I, I grew up and everyone in my household was a little, was much older than me. So I grew up on church music and R&B. <laughs> <laughs> so when y'all would come around to my house, I'd be in the crib listening to R. Kelly or Jodeci or something. Right. And then I would go around to your house and, you know, you'd be listening to, you know, De La Soul, Tribe Called Quest, uh, Leaders of a New School, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you honestly were that introduction to that world and that genre of music to me. So talk to me a little bit about how that creative expression from the 90s bled into your artwork. Um, I think it goes to, I mean, just listening to that trial call quit. Actually, you know what? I used to look at album covers. Mm. Um, the album covers got me with got me with my artwork like looking at the tribe called quest album cover yeah um outcast album covers yeah um just just album covers in general the way people would put them together i would take an idea from that album cover and put that in my art Mm -hmm. because at the time when i was drawing my little characters that were kind of bobby worldish or you know cartoonish cartoonish 
Mm-hmm. The majority of those styles and everything that I got from that came from the videos that I watched mm-hmm. and the album covers that I had from those al- from those albums. Um, that helped shape a lot of my art um, when I was coming up. If you're stuck, if you're stuck on a desert deserted island, what's oh, one? Don't album? ask me that. Don't ask me that. I can't. I can't. I can't. Because there's so many. I know, but you got to give me one. Mm. Can I say? Can I have two and say like I have one? Wash up on shore. Just, just give me one. Give me one A, one B. If if uh, if I was stuck on a desert island, deserted island, and I can only have one album. It would be Tri Call Quest Midnight Marauder album. Facts. I thought you were gonna say low end theory, but Midnight Marauders is, is pretty tough. That that album I play back to back to this day. I mean I go through the whole catalog of Tri. Facts. But Facts. I, I stop and put on repeat over and over Midnight Marauder album like that. If I was stuck on the on the, on the island, it would be Midnight Marauder. It would be that one. <laughs> You know what I miss most about rap from our era and our, our, our growing up, our childhood versus what is going on today? What's that? Back in our days, to our point about growing up, how we grew up, mm-hmm. there were rap groups. It was about a community. If you look right. at Wu-Tang, if you look at Tribe, if you look at that it was a group of individuals that came together to make this greater entity. Right. Because that's how we were as friends. Right. That's we how were, I compared us. Yeah, we were always, we, we had the three, so we were De La Soul. It was me, you, and Dante. Mm-hmm. And then we had the four. It was me, you, Dante, and then Corey. Mm-hmm. So then I guess we evolved into Tribe at that point in time. And then at right. one point in time, we grew into Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> we were the Clan. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had like 20 people right. that was around us at all times. Um, talk to me a little bit about growing up in the 90s at Lake Mary High School. Uh, growing up in Lake Mary during the '90s, that was that was that was pr- a pretty eventful year. I mean, I had fun. Yeah, tons um, of fun. I had tons of fun. Tons the things fun. that we would get into at, at Lake Mary. I, I remember when you started at Lake Mary, and then we were still at Greenwood. Mm-hmm. We would sneak over in between that little wooded path <laughs> area. Yeah, yeah to get over into Lake Mary so we could hang around with everybody else. Yeah. Um, so just going through that, that school, I remember us being at the top of the stairs. Yep. Um, and, and this goes back to your, your podcast that you had with, um, with Bridget and shout out to Bridget and the homegirl crew. Uh, <laughs> I love you guys. Um, but we will be at the top of the stairs and we would just hang out until first period yeah. or, you know, we'll talk about, you know, whatever show was on and, you would sit there and, and, and give us, you know, speeches. Uh, uh, you'll give us, uh, <laughs> you know, life lessons. Oh, my goodness. At an early age, we got life lessons early. <laughs> but it's cool that we got it from within the group. Yeah, no, that's you funny know? to me, man. Uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know I was so preachy as a child. Man. I didn't know that. <laughs> but, it wasn't, but it wasn't preachy in a bad way. Okay. It, you know what I'm saying? You weren't you weren't beating us over the head or anything like that. <laughs> it was like stuff that we needed to know, even though we were still cutting up. Yeah. But it was stuff that we needed to know. Um so yeah, just being at the top of the stairs, being in the lunchroom. Um I remember um senior skip day. Yes. Senior skip day. When when I finally made it to being a senior and then was able to do senior skip day, that day was like the best day ever. 
We went to the beach that day. We went I to remember. the beach. But I think, yeah, we went to the beach. We did go yeah. to the beach. Went to Daytona. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the shenanigans went down there. Shenanigans. <laughs> hijinks. <laughs> the hijinks and everything. Yeah, um, we stayed but, on some shenanigans, man. Uh, I remember... And, I, and I, I'm going to get back to your story, but I remember um, one senior skip day, we went to Pizza Hut, and for some reason, somebody didn't pay. And by the time we got back at Blue Raspberry and made it back <laughs> to Lake Berry, they've already called Lake Berry and told uh, told them about a group of guys in, in this blue truck License tag and everything. Man, I mean, shout those, out to Blue Raspberry, though, man. Shout out Blue to Raz. That was like our first little spaceship. Yes. Because I think at that point you were the only one with a car. No, didn't you have? Didn't you have Brown Girl? No, well, that wasn't my car, though. Oh, but no, well, good. Yeah, it wasn't my yeah, car. That was, the fa- that was the family car. That, that was, was the family lent, car. That, that was just lent to me. Yeah. Shout out to that little Buick Skylark, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he used to get us around from point A to point from B. Point A to point B. Yeah, man. I also oh, wanted man. to ask you a little bit about the nineties fashion. And how that that, that the colors, because that's what I remember. Um, the colors that were very expressive and very loud and very bold uh from the nineties. Talk to me a little bit about yeah. that. That was uh what uh, cross colors, um during that era, yep, um, it, it was loud and it was it, it was loud and it was bold. It was in your face, um, but it, it, it was just it was just a fashionable time. Like every it it was it was presentation. Yeah, there you go. It, it was presentation. So if if you had it on, you were going to be seen. Facts. So it, it was the presentation of 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 um, of that era for that that clothing style. Um, to me, you had the you had Carl Kanai, you had yeah. Cross Colors, you had Fubu, Fubu. Uh, you also had the high end fashion, right? Because you had Tommy Hilfiger, you had Polo, you Nautica, had Nautica, and these were very loud brands, very bright colors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, me with my plain dressing self, I used to, used to have my solid Tommy shirts, regular jeans, and some nice clean Nikes. Couldn't mm-hmm. afford, could, didn't afford the Jordans, couldn't afford the Jordans back then. Right, uh, but I do remember my first pair of Jays. But um, yeah, yeah. That I, I to me that fashion, fashion to your point was a very uh, presentative um, form of expression. Like this is me. Like that that was your way to be heard and mm-hmm. not say anything. Right. I remember the one the one pant leg up, one pant leg down. That style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? What else you said? Of course, the the airbrushing on the clothes, um, all the bright, loud, the bright neon colors. Yes. Back then, yeah, all of that was it was all presentation, just to um, to be noticed and to just be seen in in some of the flyers, flyers clothes I thought were dope back yeah, then. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that that was it was it was a good time. What did art mean to you during that time period? Um, during that time period, art was art. Art meant freedom to me. Mm-hmm. Going, you know, relating back to your, to the wordplay, 
art meant freedom to me for the way that I express myself, how I, how I seen myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it allowed me to escape to, to a different world um, and to, um, and to share my, this, this, the talent that I was given to share that amongst, you know, amongst my family and amongst my, my peers. So yeah, it was, um, art, uh, it helped shape a lot of things for me. It was, and, it was, it was pretty good. And you feel like some of those nineties influences still influence your art today? Today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially, I still listen to the music I listened um, to during that era. Yeah. While I'm painting now. Yeah. or whatever I may be doing, um, either doodling on paper or whatnot. But I still listen to that, that music today, and it helps me get through. It, it, it helps me get through, and it helps me reflect back to those early years of being a child and, and how everything was so carefree. Yeah. And I just, I just let that just help me move my hand on the canvas. Yeah, I definitely wanted to get into a little bit about, like, when you when you're in like what's help me understand your creative process and i know that's very difficult for most artists to even talk about because so many different things inspire a person um but just talk to me a little bit about your creative process for me uh, of course i i I start with putting on that try call quest album that midnight marauder album Mm -hmm. and then i just sit um and I know, and one thing I don't, I don't, I don't think a lot of people know, and I never really said anything. But before I even start that canvas, I always write something on that canvas that is either inspirational or mm-hmm. something giving praise to the Most High for the talent that He's given to me. Okay. So that when I get ready to put whatever I'm gonna put on this canvas, it's going to be. I'm gonna step back and it's gonna be done. You know, whatever you know, whatever comes out of my mind, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to take a moment and I sit and I meditate and I just think. Okay. And once that's done, then I start my work. Um, and I take whatever I may be going through. Going back to the talking about pain, I take whatever I may be, may have been going through that week or through that day during my meditation to get that off me and then I translate it into um, onto the canvas board. I like that. I like the way you set that kind of mantra as your North Star, as your guide point. Because I know with me, sometimes I can come up because I mean, creative expression hits me at any point during the day. And I really do Mm -hmm. mean any point during the day. I will be in my sleep like Mm -hmm dead to the world and then words come to me and it's like okay it's 3 a.m in the morning what's just give me three more hours right nope and it's like nope you got to give up grab that phone and jot this down like put this down because you're going to i'm going to forget it so when do you create like when the moment hits you to create or do you kind of set it aside because i know we have lives we have bills to pay so we got things that we got to do to kind of keep the lights on Mm -hmm. Uh, but how do you handle when that, that moment of creative um, impact when when the moment to create hits you like how do you manage that till you can get to a point where you can actually you know have the the reveal and put stuff on canvas i set it aside um because i want to give myself a moment to actually think about what 
how I want to translate what's in my mind to this campus board. Mm-hmm. Like I can have the idea, um, but I think about it, in, I guess, in such a complex way to where I figure, okay, if I, I have to do this a certain way in order to make this look how I want it to look on this campus board in order to for people to see it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't create right then and there. I take a moment. Uh, usually my moment is playing with my daughter. Okay. So once I start playing with her, that kind of opens me up. Then I go into my work. And then, you know, I put on my music and then I just I go into my work. And then once I'm kind of, I want to say probably 30 minutes into it, I stop and then I walk away. And I kind of give that, I say I give that God's moment to let him speak to me. Okay. Before I go back into it. And then from there, I just I just keep going and going. But I I, I never jump right into it. I, I need to have a moment to have a clear mind before I get into this work. So I know that what I'm about to do is about to be something great. Yeah. So right now your daughter kind of serves as your muse. She is my muse. Yeah. <laughs> she's 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 my muse, man. When I tell you, um, when even when during my paintings I have like I said I stop mm-hmm. and during the times I stop I go and I get her just to help keep my mood fresh mm-hmm. and you know keep it keep it open not I don't want to because sometimes I can get into my work and I can get frustrated yeah of course and and I can say you know what I'm done with this I'm not I'm not gonna do it I'm gonna go put it in the closet but once I go and you know I play with her for a minute then I come back to it then that just opens my mind up again to to say, okay, well, let's let's think about it this way. Let's let's change this and let's let's make it look a little bit different. So, yeah, she serves a, a definite good purpose in my muse. And that's definitely one of the questions that I wanted to talk to you about. How has fatherhood changed your your art? What kind of impact has becoming a, a fairly new father had on on your overall artwork? Um. It helps me look at things a lot, a lot differently when I'm coming up with my work because I, I I don't want to come up with anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know she's talk talk to us about what you mean when you say come up with anything crazy. I don't I don't want to do any, and I'm not knocking like you know because um, I know people do like erotic art because I can mm-hmm. I can do stuff like that too. Um, but I want I don't want to do anything that's 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 going to look strange mm-hmm. to her mm-hmm. because she's she doing. Mm-hmm. So what I'm what I want her to see is that okay, if I'm doing these women, I'm doing these women in a in a in a in an artistic way, in a beautiful way so that when she's coming up, she sees that she's also beautiful and mm-hmm. this is what her dad creates. Right. Um, so she so, sees so she's seeing herself through some of the art, or in, in your mind, you, you she's seeing herself in the art in a beautiful way, and not in a very subjective or a, objective right. way. Right. Like she's not an right. object. She she's a being. She's a beautiful being, and mm-hmm. therefore she'll see herself in the art and and the art in herself. Right. Facts. That's exactly. Like that. that is exactly how um, how I do it. Yeah, well, we're coming up on time real quick. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back.
It's your boy, C. Will Holler, a.k.a. The Podfather, and we're back with Mr. Robert Williams, a.k.a. The Art of Bass. Rob. Yes, sir. Well, we were all offline during the break. We had a quick word exchange, and I, and I wanted to tell you how inspiring your words were when you were talking about how you interact with your daughter and how she serves as a muse to your art. And what I thought about was what a beautiful message during Black History Month to have a, a great friend, a great father, a great artist on who not only promotes the positive image of a black man, but who promotes the positive image of black fatherhood. Because I think the current environment in which we are living, you know, doesn't really serve as a platform to display the positive, the positive images of black life in this country. And just again, I want to just congratulate you and support you and celebrate you with the great stuff that you're doing, not only for the world and in the world, but what you're doing inside your own home is you want to inspire and raise. And like I say, motivate, empower and nurture, you know, your daughter into the beautiful woman that she's going to be. I appreciate that, brother. That that that's big. That says a lot. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and, and to think about it, like during during black history and not in I don't even just want to say just during black history but you know every day all day um I think that you do do the same just as everybody else that's within our group um or our positive black males positive role models mm -hmm. um so I, I I commend you for what you're doing because you're you're taking the words or the jewels as you would say that you used to, that you would give us mm -hmm. throughout you know our growing up mm -hmm. and you're putting it out there into the world so like like we even talked before this it's me and you yeah this is a conversation with me and you but at the end of the day <laughs> it's me you and the world Facts. so we're putting this out there to where we're showing positivity we're showing um we're showing how our friendship brought us up through, you know, our growing up yeah, and, and things, things of that nature. So I commend you for what you're doing, man. I, I really, this, this, what you're doing is big and I appreciate it. Well, listen, I received those words, man, and I'm humbled by them. I think, you know, one thing that people don't really understand about what it is to be a brother, what it is to be a friend is you, you got to be there through the good and the bad. You know, right. we talked we talked about that joy and that pain. And I want to ask you a question. And I mean, feel free not to answer. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask you a question about what was your motivation or what was your deciding factor when you decided to, you know, pack up your stuff, leave Sanford behind and move to Atlanta, Georgia. Now, I know I have my version of that story in my head, but right. I want to give you the platform to share with the world like what was the catalyst that made you move um i believe during that it was it was it was a lot that i was dealing with right back home right and everybody i mean you moved away yep took moved away um drone was in the service dante was in the service yeah um, my brother went into service. So it, for me, 
it was just during the, in in the person that I was seeing during that time. Um, you know, through that split and seeing everybody go different directions, I just wanted something different for myself. Mm-hmm. I wanted to to um, be my own man. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get to know who Rob is and what does Rob like what pushes Rob Mm -hmm. you know I needed to have that because if I were to stay home home was a crutch for me Mm -hmm. home was a crutch because I could always I can always go back home because when I stayed at um, Dante's house my mom's house was around the corner yeah so I needed to go away and I needed to get to know Rob okay so that's when I made that call to you. Yeah. And I said, hey, look, I need to move. Um, and I'm thinking about coming up that way. Okay. And what did you say? Come on. And that was it. So yeah. I made my, I, I went back into work. I got on the computer. I looked where I can, um, where I can transfer from the, the job that I was at to the, to the chase in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And within a couple of weeks, I was I was out. But I just needed a different I needed a different look. Um, I needed to be around. And th- I, th- I think this goes back to when we came to Atlanta for All Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. And for me to look around and see black people our age mm-hmm. doing some of the things that I would see on TV, I'm like. That's the greatest thing. Like I'm looking at videos, knowing that the video doesn't translate to everything that's going on in this video is not going on at all. Facts. <laughs> but the real Atlanta, just, the real Atlanta. <laughs> but just to see um, black people just out there being an entrepreneur, doing their own things, mm-hmm. and, and living out their dreams. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to be. Yeah. I, um, for me, I couldn't see that in Sanford, and I couldn't see that you know staying in, in Florida. I, I just couldn't see it. Um, so I, I needed to leave, man, and, and become my own man and, and make this, do this journey. Yeah, no, I remember that call. And I definitely remember events that led up to that call. And I think one thing that my friends may or may not know about me is even though I talk a lot, and people will always say, well, boy, you like talking. People don't understand that I pay attention while I'm talking. I I don't know how I developed this talent, but I actually do listen and I observe while I'm talking. But I'm I'm mm-hmm. also talking to kind of push buttons. And I'm what I mean by push bu- pushing buttons is I'm I'm putting feelers out there to see if people are picking up what I'm really putting down. Mm-hmm. And I remember this like it was yesterday because to me it was one of the best trips that my friends had made to a visitation, I would say, because you guys took the trip and you were visiting me here in Atlanta. And it was when I was off of Cobb Parkway. And y'all brought a whole truck up. I did. I believe it was you, Meatball, B-Rock, Joe Johnson. And I think Tim showed up. I, I want to say Dante came, Jason Mitchell came. Um, and again, shout out to those guys. Um, yep. and, and it was just a great trip. We did right. a lot. We covered a lot of ground. James came up. Doucette came up. Doucette. Uh, Jerome came. I remember mm-hmm. the Waffle House over there on Kyle Park. <laughs> 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 we had some wild, night, wild, wild times that during, yeah. during those days. But um, I could see you had changed. I could mm-hmm. see that you 
moved differently. You spoke differently. You were a little bit more confident in your talk and your walk at that time. And not to say that you weren't confident, but you always played the background. Mm-hmm. You always played second fiddle. And not that people made you do this. I think I think that's naturally where you felt comfortable. That was, right. It was naturally where you felt comfortable. And I thought that as a friend, you know, you have to learn your lanes or you won't mm-hmm. be able to be friends. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a lane. You have a lane. Dante has a lane. Corey has a lane. Tunk has a lane. So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are always making beautiful music and we're our best when we're in our lanes in support of each other as well. Right. You know, being the individuals that we are, but we're we're our best when we are the individuals that we are also in support of one another. Right. So when I saw that it was your time and I saw that you were ready to step up. I didn't ask you to move to Atlanta. You called me because I already said to myself, I said, yeah, I think he's going to take that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And so I was already ready. I was prepared for you to make that call. And when you called and, you know, you said, hey, man, think about moving to Atlanta. To me, it was no hesitation because it was something that I'd already, you know, developed in my mind. And to have you make that call. And that's why I said, come on, like there was nothing else to talk about. You know, and, and quiet is kept, you know, because I, I love stories. Um, I was in the one bedroom apartment. You had came up that day mm-hmm. and I just told you, I said, well, yeah, we're going to crash here. You sleep on the couch. Right. You know, we went out and partied that night, had a little fun. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I think that was the celebration part. Like, yeah, you're out here. Like, yeah and then the next day we had to move because i marched right down to the leasing office and told them that hey i'm in a one bedroom i need to transfer this lease and get the two bedroom and the universe was so it it acquiesced to to allow us to to for me to not take on any kind of damage financially for make breaking my lease to get out of this lease and to get into the new lease off for the two bedroom but you only slept on the couch one day and then we went out that night and party. And then the next day we got up and we moved into our new apartment, man. And yeah. the rest is history. That was what, yeah. uh, I want to say 15 years ago. Yeah. It's yeah. about 15, about, yeah, 15. about 15 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, talk to me a little bit about that drive up because I know how I felt <laughs> during my drive from Sanford with all my worldly possessions in the car. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that drive from Sanford to to Atlanta, that uh, final drive. That that final drive. That that morning when I woke up, and I had everything was already in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, that morning when I woke up, I I said to myself, "This is it. Like I'm getting ready to really make this move." Because I mean, outside of visiting other places, all I knew was home. Yeah. You know. Um, and then having to have that conversation, that that last, hey, ma, I'm getting ready to to go. That conversation, I couldn't look her in the face. Mm. I couldn't look her in the face because if, because she was going to break down, mm-hmm. and if she would have broke down, that would have changed my whole mindset to where I can't leave it. I can't. I can't leave. You yeah. know, being the oldest. Um, but I had to. And you're very uh, close with your family, right? Yeah, yeah. So having to um, get in that car, make that drive, and then uh, as I'm like going through Mount Dora, 
because my dad had already left to work. He already left to go to work. So mm-hmm. he didn't know that I was going to leave that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I'm making my way through Mount Dora, then he gives me a call and then we talking on the phone and 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 then I'm about to break down because I'm talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, once I got to once I got to that Georgia line, that was it. Yeah, I was like, this is this is the road. So from here on out, it, everything that I'm going to do, it is going to be the Rob story. It's going to be about my journey and everything that I'm going to be doing going forward. Um, even when I got here, like I said, I slept on the couch for, you know, a day. And then we got into the, um, the two bedroom, even with the job that I transferred to, there was still a struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, financially, because mm-hmm. in my, it, still in my head, I was thinking I need, maybe I need to go back home. But, um, but I pulled up my, what they say that pull up your boots and I just made it work facts you know I, I just made it made it work and i i pushed myself i made myself yeah. do what i needed to do but that was um just that that drive from sanford to here just leaving home and having to have those conversations those were tough those were tough and then you know speaking to my sister and my brother those those are hard but i needed to make that move man i yeah. needed to i needed to have a different um a different outlet i needed to see things differently yeah, and I think you you started to see yourself as I saw you as a friend, like because mm-hmm. I knew that you had it in you. I knew that you could go and and do great things. And and I think a lot of us, you know, kind of sort of. And I like to use this analogy. A lot of us are still holding on to the side of the pool in life, mm-hmm. right? We we scared to launch out into the deep. We're scared to go out there into you know where you can't see the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, that's where life really is. that's that's not where it begins but that's where it happens that's where it happens you know life begins at the beginning you know like in our childhoods in our homes in our families uh in in our elementary middle and high schools but to me where life happens is to your point so i love the fact and i love the way you said i wanted to be able to tell the rob story Mm -hmm. right because your stories up until that point is about you as a community Mm -hmm. you as a unit but when you're in that car by yourself mm-hmm. with all your worldly possessions, it's just you. It's just me. Sink or swim, win or lose, it's just you. And and that's why I titled this, this segment Bet on Yourself, because that's what it's about. That's really what it's about, whether you're an artist, an entrepreneur, a business person, whether you want to write a book, whether you want to do a podcast, whether you want to create, design. You got to bet on yourself at some point in life. You got to let go of the edge of the pool. You got to bet on yourself. And I love the fact that you, you know, you had the strength and the courage and the conviction and the faith to do that. You know, and I always like to tell the story like I had a little something to do, you know, with the, the, the birth of your daughter in the sense that if I wouldn't have said. Come yeah. on, come on, we wouldn't be where we are today. But I will also say, um, that I wouldn't be who I am had you not been a part of my life. Right. You know, uh, definitely when that when when they're telling my story, they got to talk about my friends. They have to, because you guys play such an integral part of the man. You know, Chris, um, the person, um, see Will Holler. Like you guys are, and it, and it's, and you're not background characters. 
like your feature characters. Right. Um, and each person I have a individual relationship with, but I think as a unit, man, we're, we truly are super friends. Yeah, no, we're 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 that we're the Wu Tang Clan, man. Like I said, that's <laughs> how I see us. Like we were that we were Wu Tang. We were uh, we were Voltron. We were Thundercats. Facts. We were we were a strong force. So in in we we helped shape each other. Um, we we pushed each other. If, if one person did one thing, and it 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 wasn't a competitive no. It wasn't a competitive spirit, but amongst us, no. It, it was more so, hey, let's all, all of us need to get into this direction. Facts. You know, we need to, we need to start doing things a little bit differently. So when we started pushing each other, that's what kept our bond, you know, together throughout the years. Absolutely, and I would say that to me, again, iron sharpening iron. It made us better. It brought us closer. Right. You know, and people celebrate us all the time. People tell me all the time, I can't believe that you all are still as close as you are. And even though we don't get a chance to talk and see each other every day like we used to when we were, when we were younger, just again, a great opportunity that, that you and I had to hang out with Dante and Lily when they were just up here, you know, just about a month ago, having that opportunity to just sit down and celebrate and talk and laugh and joke. And, you know, you allowed me to come over to your home and cook for my friends and, and my family. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, we we want to see each other win. Um, Facts. We, 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 we definitely truly want to see each other win. So however it, it, it may be, if if one of us has, if we have to work with each other or however, you yeah. know, collaborate something, we all just want each other to win. That's, that's, a, that's a great word that you use, collaborate. Because I know you and I have been talking about collaborating and coming together and, and, and forming this bond uh, mm -hmm. the Batman Superman bond because <laughs> we're both the huge comic book geeks Bumblebee and Prime there you go there you go talk to us about your future man what's your future looking like um the future the futures look good man I I'm uh, with now with my paintings that I've been doing um I am wanting this to get me I want, I'm, I'm getting my painters to take me places that I never thought that I could be. Your gifts make room for you. Your gifts make room for you. So seeing my, my, my paintings go into, you know, art shows and, you know, with the collaboration that I, that I have that's coming up, um, I, I want, I'm starting to see everything for me come to fruition as to where I want it to go. Facts. Um, and I just got to keep working on it because I know it's going to take time, but I'm getting there. Mm -hmm. And um, I just want Rob, the collection of Robert Williams III to be a household name, you know, to be up, to be there with one of the, amongst the other great artists that are out there. Yeah. No, I listen, I have two, I bought two of your paintings. Well, one was given to me, so I'm lying. Don't let me lie. Um, <laughs> and I said that to you, that I want to be able to say, I have a Robert Williams original mm -hmm. in all of my homes because I'm gonna have multiple properties. Right. Um, Facts. And, and, and make sure that, you know, not only do I support and celebrate, but it's dope ass art. Appreciate you know, it. Because if, if it was trash, mm. <laughs> 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 not so much. Like, nah, not so much. <laughs> nah. 
<laughs> nah, Jerry Seinfeld. No, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you know that um, I was, I was, I was, I went back and I looked at. Um, I was listening. I, I didn't look. I didn't look at. It. I went back and I listened to your uh, your first podcast, mm. and I remember one of your podcasts. You were talking. You were talking to B, and you were telling B how you know when you set in your mind to go ahead and launch that podcast, and then you put it out there, and it only got what twenty three. No, one, uh, one <laughs> for the first two weeks. <laughs> right, right. That's it. For the first two weeks, you only got one hit, and that was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> So when I put my first piece of art out there and only got 11 likes, I'm like, that's <laughs> it. I'm dope. I, I know I'm good. Like that's, but it just, it just kept, it just kept pushing me, man, into where, you know, it is where it is now. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I just, it just, it just brought me back. To, to think about when you started and, and then I related it to how that's how I see myself when I started too. Yeah, but again, I think it goes back to what you were saying about us inspiring each other and being in competition or not being in competition, but in support of each other. I mean, there, let's be let's be clear. There is a little element of comp- competitive nature there because a little bit we're friends. Yeah. We're in um, we're, we're friends. Um, we're men. And there's there's a little bit of competitive spirit, but in, in not in a very you know, not in a jealous way. Because no, not in, a, your, in again, your face way. Yeah, you got to have a little bit of ego at play to do great things. Like, I don't care mm-hmm. who you are, what you're doing. You got to be able to let the ego drive for a little while. We're not mm-hmm. led by our egos. I'll say it like that. Um, so, yeah, part of it. And thank you for bringing that up, because, I mean, that particular my first podcast was about choice, chance and opportunity. Right. You know, you got to take a chance, you know, um, on yourself and it and I and I say in that podcast, you gotta make a choice to give yourself a chance for the best opportunities. Like you gotta start with the choice um, to give yourself a chance. Like a lot of people are taking chances, but they haven't decided to take that chance. The universe is not on your side when you haven't decided. You gotta decide. You gotta take that choice to give yourself a chance at the at, at the at some opportunities. And I think to to me, when you brought that up. You got as an artist, you got to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Like where, whether you're a musician, whether you are a canvas artist or a podcaster, you got to put yourself out there and you got to let the people decide. So often in life, people want to control the narrative of uh, I'm going to put this out there. And you, uh, here's a great segue. You put yourself out there and you get mad at your friends and, the, and your family because they don't support you or you feel like they don't support you and i'm like support isn't always financial right you know um and then sometimes you know comment had that line if i don't like it i don't like it it don't mean that i'm hating right you you got to put yourself out there and you got to let the people choose you got to let the people decide and i think that's one of the things that i learned with the podcast i put myself out there and i wasn't upset that um people didn't listen or didn't click and and press play i think my feelings were hurt (laughs) for sure my feelings was hurt (laughs) you know like poor little tink tink (laughs) but at the end of the day like you on your path or, or on your way to atlanta i kept going 
and, mm -hmm. and it's like you have these milestones in your head just like you have the mile markers along the highway and it tells you how far you are like nothing is more treacherous than when you're driving on these road trips and you see Atlanta 243 miles and then Atlanta 167 miles and then you everybody knows that famous corner you've been that corner that you corner. know it's, that was a 675 you've been that corner um and then you see Atlanta 83 miles yeah and then you see Atlanta 41 miles and the next thing you know you see that skyline and the mm -hmm. city of Atlanta and you're, you're you're here and now you're in your your new home so I think that's one thing that all artists can appreciate is you have to keep going. You got to take the good with the bad and just keep going. Right. That's the, the, going back to what you said. That's that choice chance. And that's the opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I use that a lot to give myself the cho um, give myself a chance and that, you know, give myself a choice and that chance and the opportunity to do what I need to do. So, yeah, man. And that was my move here. Yeah. That was my move to Atlanta, too. Yeah. And pancakes and booze just passed uh you've done that twice now right yes i've, I've done that one twice okay. there's a third one coming up in march but i'm not sure if i'm gonna be able to make that one okay and so you got one coming up next week february 28th design and muse with none other than miss diana collins another good friend of mine talk to me about your collaboration with diana on design and muse uh so with design and muse um it's a collaboration of 12 artists mm -hmm. um, that were selected to collaborate with uh, Comfy Art mm -hmm. um, to put original artwork on, you know, the, their items, um, mm -hmm. more uh, home decor stuff like um, pillows or, or um, phone cases, backpacks, swim trunks, um, coffee, bases, mugs. What, coffee mugs, you know, things like that. So it's a, it's a, a collaboration for us to put our original art on some of their items mm -hmm. um, to share with the world. And so the world can see other talented artists that are out there. So I'm a part of that event, um, as you said, in February um, this month, actually next week uh, yeah. on the 28th um, from six to nine. I'm a part of the spring collection with uh, three other talented artists. Um, okay. I've been looking at their work and I'm like, whoo, this is it, man. So I had to come with it on this one too because they they are amazing as well. But um, I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. You should be, and I'm excited too. It's at the Future Gallery, that's 1692 Thorn Gallery, Atlanta Avenue. Right. I'm sorry, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, right. I'm 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 excited too. But you said something, and, and something again. The, when when you're talking, words come to me. <laughs> Look at that. Full circle. Right. You started your artwork by putting it on people's clothing. Mm -hmm. Now we're full circle with you putting your artwork on people's clothing. Right. How about I, that? I thought about that this morning when I was in the shower, you know, getting, you know, getting ready to, you know, do the podcast and everything with you. Um, I did think about that. Like you used to draw on people's clothes back in the day and now you're still putting your art on people's clothes now. Uh, even even if not even just the clothes, but other items, people are still going to have your stuff in their homes Facts. and uh, and appreciating your work. So, yeah, that's true, man. Well, I mean, you said it best, bro. You, me and the world. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to take the podcast wherever you want to take the podcast. The platform is yours. You can ask me questions. You can ask questions 
or put out information for the listeners. Um, definitely want you to drop your IG handle, your Facebook page, and your art line. I want you to give as much information as you possibly can because the people need to not only look and, and, and select, but also support your artwork because you're one of the most talented artists out there today. I appreciate it, man. Now, 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 thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, for those words, man. I mean, that really means a lot. Um, for the listeners, my IG handle is the underscore art of base um, and base is B-A-S-E. Um, from there, you will see all of my artwork, um, things that are available. Um, you can DM me. And the For the show that's coming up on the 28th of this month, if you go to my bio, there's a link for for the events mm -hmm. and you can you know purchase your tickets. Also, I have a Facebook art page, which is the collection by Robert Williams III. Also on there, if you don't have Instagram, um, and you have Facebook, you can look me up on Facebook. My bio page also has the links for you to purchase tickets and the information for the show as well. Absolutely. Um, so come check me out, man. I mean, come check me out. Come check out the other dope artists that are also there and, you know, uh, hear our stories because there will be a platform where we'll be talking about our inspirations, mm -hmm. um, the merchandise that our items are on, as well as our art will be available for purchasing as well so um i i can't think of anything anything else to put with that but it's just going to be a, a, a real amazing night i'll say that it's going to be an amazing night i'm looking forward to it i'm as well it, um so again i want to give you the platform right to to drop anything to ask me any questions you know this q a section so uh have at it man um what do you see your podcast going Oh, great question. What do you see? Because I, I I have a vision. I, I know where I can see it going. Where do you <laughs> where do you, my brother, where do you see this going? Um you know me. A goal without a plan is just a wish. And mm -hmm. I start to your point about how you start your art and your designs by writing something on a piece of paper and using that as your marker, using that as your reference point or your point of reference. I I wrote down some words um, at the beginning of the year. And media mogul was one of the words that I put down. Mm -hmm. So I do see the podcast as being kind of like a training ground for me. Like, you know, you know me and you've known me, you know, most of my life. So you know the, the growth and maturation that I had in the broadcast and marketing world right you know i went to the university of florida for public relations i also studied advertising and marketing and journalism um i had a small stint in high school in television and productions um so the podcast um kind of it, it, it did it came out of nowhere honestly but it definitely was a natural fit that that suits my skill sets and my talents and my abilities and when I wrote down Media Mogul, I had no idea that I would be running a podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, it's been a natural fit, not only for myself, but for me to allow people like yourself to come on and, like I said, share my platform with you. But I, I see the podcast growing into something that's comparable and even in competition with stuff like The Breakfast Club. Because, again, mm -hmm. I want to I want I want the world to see positive images of black life in America, right. not just negative, you know, bullshit that the media constantly 
promotes and pushes, you know, neg negative stereotypical stuff about, you know, just negative images of black men, negative images of black women. And not that the podcast is a black podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm a podcaster who happens to be black. Right. You know, I don't lead my life with my blackness. I am black. You are black. You Correct. know what I mean? And it's nothing, there's nothing more else to be said about that. And I don't have to, to prove that to anybody. And I think I, I feel that way because I didn't have to prove that I was black to myself. Right. Right. So I see my podcast just taking off and keep growing, man, until I got, you know, over a million listeners and people tuning in and, and in support of, like I said, people like yourself, because the world needs to see and hear from these beautiful black voices and black faces. Mm -hmm. I mean, you definitely have the gift for it. Um, I, I seen it early on. Um, you know, again, the things you do would share with us back in the mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. You know, and the things that you share with us still, you know, to this day. Mm -hmm. I and then you starting the podcast. I seen that this was this was your platform. This was for you. Yeah, because you you have that gift of speech. So it was either you going to write a book, <laughs> and get your words out, <laughs> or you were going to owe the church in the words of Baptist. <laughs> D, uh -huh. you gonna have a church <laughs> or, or something something was gonna be done with you know with your with your gift and speech and yeah. this is a perfect this is a perfect um way forward to get out there and, and to be shared with the world so yeah, yeah my my um i tell people all the time and thank you for that and i but i also let i remind people that the insight, my insight is the fuel. My speech is the vehicle. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I think this is where a lot of people get, and I know you know this because we were roommates for a long time. A lot of people think I like to talk. And it's like, I don't mind talking and I can talk and I love to talk to people that I like. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't necessarily like to talk. Like people think I, and it's like, because it's natural to me. And I want to ask you about this. Because the gift is, is, is an innate, it's innate, right? It's natural mm -hmm. for you to do this. Do you always like painting? There was a period where I didn't know. You I feel what always, I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of people think, oh, well, you like to talk. You're good at this. You like it. Yeah, just because I'm good at it doesn't mean I like it. Because mm -hmm. with, with, with this, like we said, right? Great art comes from great pain. So great pain. again, I, my insights were paid in blood, sweat, and tears. Right. So I didn't just wake up and have all this insight and this knowledge and this wisdom. Like I had to pay for that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that, that was bought and paid for. Right. And, you know, like I always say, I'm giving away free game, but the game ain't free. You know, it's not free. And, yeah. and you know, there's another line that I say, you know, the cost been paid, but the prices ain't cheap. And it's not right. cheap because right. you're putting so much of yourself out there for the world to see and judge and critique. Mm -hmm. So opening yourself up to whatever avenue of, of creative expression and then sharing that because that's the next step because there's a lot of introverted artists out there in the world there are people who i know who podcast but ain't promote it they ain't publish it they ain't you know sit right. out there mm -hmm. um and it's a lot of people who write to your point about writing books and there's i'm pretty sure a lot of people who who paint and i think again to answer your question and to and, and get you get your take on this i have to like it 
And once I learned to like my voice and once I learned to like and respect my insight, I was able to put it out in the world. Criticism be damned. Right. Yeah. And, and I agree because there was a period where I, um, through with my art, there was a period of time where I was just, I was, I was tired of, of, of drawing. Yeah. Only because, I mean, because so much just kept coming out, come, kept coming to me. And I, I wasn't seeing the joy in it mm-hmm. anymore because I wasn't doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got past that and, and learned that, okay, it's, it's a gift that was given to me to, sh- to share. So mm-hmm. I have to share this. I can't just bury this down. I have to share it with people because this is what was given to me. So once I got to that mode and said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go back into this and give it a shot. And then what even made me have to do, get back into doing it, you guys kept pushing me. We kept going to different art shows and y'all kept looking at me like. I remember that like it was yesterday. I will tell you absolutely. It was um, Arts, Beats, and Lyrics. Yes. And I remember. Mm-hmm pouring salt in your wounds that night yeah because we were walking by each painting and i was calling out the numbers like they was score on the scoreboard right i remember walking past that one piece and seven hundred dollars and fourteen hundred dollars twenty five hundred dollars and towards the end of that night i said i looked at you and i said one thing and i said you tell me why your stuff isn't on that wall right and you couldn't do it Uh -uh. you couldn't give me an answer i couldn't give you an answer Nah, I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. Thank, thank you for sharing that. No, oh, no problem, man. And then, like I said, that's what got me out of that that mode. So, and I think once I got laid off from from my old job, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 in the house, and I'm just in the house by myself, and my mind went immediately, or I, or I heard. Just something just come to me saying, okay, now what are you going to do? Now what are you going to do? You're going to sit here and just soap or you're going to use this, this event, this, this pain that just happened to get you to this next point in your life where, where I'm trying to get you to go. And it brought me back to my heart. Because you had a choice. I had a choice. Because you could have chose not to. Right. I could have chose not to and just left it alone, but it brought me back to my art because it, it made me now put myself in the mode of I want to be in control of my own self. And I can't do a nine to five anymore. Facts. So I want to get out there and be able to share or, or get myself out there more versus trying to get somebody else's I want to get out my dreams versus get out somebody else's dreams facts so that's what led me back into my heart and and I, I appreciate y'all giving me those hard looks because <laughs> if it wasn't for that I mean if it wasn't going if it wasn't for going to these shows I don't I don't think that I would have um and and getting laid off I don't think I would have got back into it and that and that's the, the and that's why I came up with choice, chance, and opportunity. Because again, even when you are suffering in your pain, even when you are going through great trial and tribulation in life, you 
may not choose what has happened to you, but you can choose how to handle what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Like you can choose how you are going to move forward. And that's why I say you got to take a chance because in that great pain, you the, the, the window of escape is your choice. That ability to make a choice and decide how you're going to handle, i.e. playing the cards that you dealt. You can't handle how the cards are shuffled and you can't handle how the cards are dealt, but you can handle how you play them. How you play it. And I think once you realize that you have that gift, that power, that talent, that leverage to play the cards as you know how they're dealt, you know, you you have a better chance, you know, mm-hmm. at creating more opportunities for yourself. And I definitely want to give you a shout out, a special shout out pertaining to in my mind, everybody knows Chris. For the listeners who don't know, Rob is the artist behind the logo. <laughs> Appreciate that. I went to my brother because in my mind, I had a vision. And that vision was Peanuts. I eat Snoopy. People don't know that the cartoon is actually called Peanuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, 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 they think that the, it's all called, the cartoon is called Snoopy or Charlie Brown. Right. Charlie Brown and Snoopy happen to, happens to be characters of, of Peanuts. And I came to you with the vision that I had of me in this soapbox, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Like Lucy in the soapbox. And she had the psychiatrist is in. Mm-hmm. And I just shared those words with you. And you came back with this drawing of the caricature of C. Will Holler in his soapbox. The professional conversation this is is in within my mind as the moniker. And I got so much love and appreciation for that logo like people right. came to me and people dm me people like oh i love the logo i love the logo it's original it's authentic it's, it's dope and i want to share that because that's a special bond between brothers like i could reach out to my brother and you know have him create and curate this beautiful piece for me and i know this and i'm gonna just go ahead and say this because you not you know i'm also a makeshift philosopher and part-time prophet you know, I'm gonna be M- profit. What you talking about? <laughs> I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be emceeing your shows, bro. I'm gonna be yeah. emceeing your your, your your art shows. Mm-hmm. Facts. You will definitely. Yeah. So that brings us to a close on the podcast. Again, man, I just want to give you the opportunity to share some inspiring words to the listeners before we get out of here. Um, I'm gonna say whatever is in your heart to do, or whatever passion you have in your heart to do, do it. Um, whatever dreams, aspirations you want to accomplish, do them. Um, we only get, we only get one shot at this life. Facts. And, uh, what they say the most, uh, the richest place on earth is in the cemetery. Facts. So you got dreams and, 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 uh, goals or talents that been given to you, share them with the world. Um, and I want to take the time to also, um, Shout out like the, the crew, um, you, uh, Toon, aka I mean Al Davis, aka Toon. I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up. I wanted to correct it. Uh, B, Dante, um, Ramsey, Meatball, Jerome, B Rock, my brother, my sister, um, Julie, homegirl crew, Julie, Julian, Shelton, Shelton, Keith, King, King. <laughs> like Corey. All, Court wise, uh, man, um, Dexter, the twins, uh, um, facts, 
you know, Otis around the coach, Tisha Anderson, everybody that, because ev- everybody played a role in my, in my life and it's Thanks. gotten me to where I'm at now. And um, you being my, um, my daughter's uh, godfather, you know, it's, it's all important to me. So I want to give you guys a big thanks. And if there's anybody I left out, I, I apologize. Y'all know we're coming up on time. So I'll uh, see y'all in the neighborhood if I'm there. Yeah, we'll be able to catch them on the next podcast. Well, in, in closing, I want to share my words with you, brother. I really appreciate the fact that you allowed me to be a part of your life. And I appreciate you more for not burying your talent. right? Because I definitely remember that speech <laughs> <laughs> that I gave you. Um, yeah. And not burying your talent because your talent is truly God-given. And and what inspires me when I look at your work is, yeah, I can get on the podcast and say a couple words and maybe rhyme a little bit, but the fact that you have a true gifted talent from God and, and, and the fact that you can put your hand to paper and create something that's gonna last, like I said, for a legacy, you know, something that you could build generational wealth through that. I just want to keep encouraging you and motivating you to keep pr- pr- promoting and producing and publishing this good work, man, and keep inspiring the people. And for the listeners out there, in my mind, everybody knows Chris. I want to inspire you all to bet on yourself. Y'all have a good evening. All right. Have a good one, man. Peace. Peace.